August 20th, 2023. We're continuing in Misilat Yisharim and Perik Yotet. Ramchal is in the middle of talking about the Midah of Hasidut. He's describing to us at great length. He went through the description of Yirah, and in the context of Yirah, he arrived at this concept known as Yirat Haromemut, this awe because of the greatness, the grandeur of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the reaction in turn that's incumbent upon us. And uh, what we ended the class last time discussing, in the words of Ramchal, were how preparation for mitzvot, making certain that the mindset, that the approach to the mitzvah, that everything that surrounds the mitzvah, not only a siag for averot, to keep us away from sinning, but everything that brings us into the mindset and the context and the approach to the mitzvah is part of that mitzvah, so much so that that could and maybe should be a major part of our focus, of our energy. I remember just by way of analogy, Lehavdil, I remember someone once saying to me, he said when he was younger, he was an older man, he said when he was younger, sports games were about what took place on the field. He said when he got older and he appreciated the pregame and the postgame and the analysis afterwards and the politics that went into it and the contracts and the bargaining and so forth, he said the game became more than just about the game itself, which of course is the most significant part, but everything, it became all-encompassing. It became a 365 days a year uh, endeavor to just follow a sport, which might be 16 weeks or 162 games or whatever it might be. Lehavdil mamash, but to appreciate that in the context of mitzvot, it means that the core and the fundamental performance of the mitzvah is one thing, to say that this is what defines me, that this is my whole year, and not just uh, my whole life, not just a moment in time, not just a few moments, a few opportunities. And that's what everything that goes into it, the kavod that he's been describing, the hidur during the time and in preparation for it, all a part of that mitzvah, which really defines that yirat haromimut and uh, and what emanates from it. Ubichlal ha od, he writes, kevod ha-Torah is the ability, the responsibility that we have to be mechabed, to honor the Torah and those who study it. As we mentioned last week, Harambam, in his Chot Talmud Torah, mentions not just the laws of study of Torah, nor even just the laws of studying and teaching Torah, but the laws of being mechabed lo the ability and the responsibility to honor those who study Torah, know Torah, that's part and parcel with this mitzvah. I mean, the Gemara at the end of Masechet Makot has that famous iconic statement that how silly, one of the Emoraim uh, remarked, how silly is it that people stand up for a Sefer Torah, that part's not silly, but they don't stand up for Talmidei Hachamim, true Talmidei Hachamim, of course we're referring to. And the description in the Gemara is the Torah Kivyachol seems to say he got 40 lashes, and the Hachamim came along and Kivyachol took away one and said it really defined as 39. Of course, they received the Bimasore, that's a tradition, it's not 40 lashes, it's 39, but their definition of it, if we were to just read the Torah like a Karite, like a person who just reads the text of the Torah, it would be 40. How could you stand up for the text of the Torah when it's full interpretation, when it comes to life through the Yodeha is, is not primary, but is a major part in terms of its interpretation, or is the primary interpretation of it. That's Lomedeha, it becomes tethered to the Torah itself. It's what we mentioned, Ramchal will not, for one reason or another over here, that the Gemara, Maseche Pesachim, Maseche Bava Kama has that, uh, one of the, one of two rabbis used to be Doresh every time and said et in the Torah until he came to et Adonai Elohei Chatira. How is it possible that 
it always comes to include. Every it comes to tell you, in addition, that's what we mentioned, kabed et avicha ve'etimecha. Et is lerabot achicha hagado. Et Adonai lo'echa tira, shimon ha'amsoni, or uh, alternative, or binahamya ha'amsoni. Either way, the Gemara says uh, they were poresh, and they explained to their students, I'm stopping to explain every et, and I'm going to remove all my other interpretations. Clearly I was wrong. You can't be Doresh Et every time. How are you going to adduce, or how are you going to add, rather, to Yirat Hashem something else? Yirat Hashem, that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's Shituf to put something else on that platform. Until Ad Shibar Bi'akiva V'darash Et L'rabot Talmidei Chachamim. And the vision, the understanding of Rabbi Akiva is along the lines of what we've been describing, and that is that Torah, to truly appreciate, is to appreciate everything that gets attached to it, and Chachmei HaMasoret, those who continue the tradition, who explain it to us, who, who uh, delineate the laws in a continued chain of tradition, they become attached to the Torah itself. And the kavod that's, and, and the yirah in turn, that's uh, expected of us for Torah is expected for those who truly know it and study it and preach it and, and teach it. Ubed yashaninu, and uh, we have an explicit mishnah in Masechet Avot, kol ha-mechabedet ha-Torah, any person who gives honor to the Torah, gufo mechubad al haberiot, such a person is respected by, uh, by people. In other words, uh, knowing how to respect another and the right other, uh, in turn, uh, gives you that ability to have that respect. Ve'amruzal, or honor. Amar bi'ohanam mipenei ma'zacha ahav lemalchut. Yisrim u'shtayim shana, l'fi shekibed Torah, shenitena ba'yisrim u'shtayim otiyot, shenayemar, ba'yishlach malachim el ahav, v'chudera, davar hazeh lo'uchal la'asot. Firkov mentioned this at the very end last week, this Gimara Masechet Sanhedrin, that Ahav Harasha, one of the most, if not the most, wicked kings that Am Yisrael ever had, and nonetheless he had 22 years of monarchy, of kingship. And the Gemara wonders, well, how did he merit that? And the Gemara explains that when Melech Aram sends to him to send his goods and his gold and his silver and his wives and his children, and the Muhammad Einav, and that which was beloved in his eyes, in the eyes of the Hakamim, it's a reference to the Torah. He says about that, I could give it all, but I can't give Muhammad Einav, I can't give the beloved item in my eyes, meaning the Sefer Torah. Ahav, who honored the Torah, which has 22 letters, it's made up of 22 letters, in turn, in the eyes of the Hakamim, merited 22 years as king. Ve Asru od, excuse me, Ve Amruzal, and the Gemara in Berachot says, Hayahodech mi makom na makom. There are specific laws with regards to how to carry a Sefer Torah. We read in this past week's parasha that the Melech, the king in Israel, would have Mishneh HaTorah. Rashi says, what's that? Rashi says, Mishneh Milashon Shenaim, two, a double. One Sefer Torah for Bet Genazav, the other one he was Yosef and Ichnas Ito. When he was walking around with his Sefer Torah, just like anyone else who's walking around with a Sefer Torah, or by extension, many of the poskim say any Sefer Kodesh, um, well, how do you treat it? So the Gemara says that you're not allowed to leave it on the donkey as you are mounting it. And you can't put it in the bag and put it underneath you. You rather need to have it beheko, you need to be holding it close to you. 
Of course, that'll it'll it'll raise questions on an airplane, for example. You know, on an airplane, you have a sefer with you. Do you need to be holding it at all you times? Talk about the Right, but we extend it to sefarim, generally speaking, but not to that extent, indeed. But what about a sefer Torah? I mean, you need to be holding the sefer Torah at all times. So, but the way we deal with that as well is by covering the sefer Torah. If you were holding the klaf directly, um, so or or the klaf was there without something dividing between it, you would have explicitly these sorts of halachot. But nonetheless, even the trickle-down effect is we have halachot of kabod sefer Torah and kabod sifre Torah and sifre Kodesh. V'asru od le'shev al-amitash sefer Torah alayah, the Gemara Mu'ed Katan says, you're not allowed to sit on the same bed or in the same place where the sefer Torah is, is resting. In other words, it's there. You can't be parallel to it. Uh, it needs to be higher than you. It needs to be separate from you. V'chen amru entokin kitvei ha-kodesh. The Gemara elsewhere says as well, you're not allowed to just dispose of kitvei ha-kodesh matters of sanctity that are written down, even if it's not Sefer Torah, even Nevi'im Ketubim, beyond that, Halachot V'Agadot, Torah you're not allowed to, under most circumstances, just uh, uh, um, dispose of it. We have Halachot with regards to the order of what's placed one on top of the other. Nevi'im yeah. and Ketubim should not be placed on top of Hamishah Humshet Torah. Says Ramchal, these are the explicit halachot of the hachamim. Be mindful of the fact that there's so much more to uh, to continue with, uh, to expand this. To be mechabed means by definition to be creative with this, means to realize there's something I need to honor and I need to make this personalized. That's what we mentioned throughout. I'll mention it again now. This concept of kabod, this concept of bringing forth the honor in the trappings, in the uh, in the uh, facilitating features of what you're doing, is the place that we have opportunity to to be creative. You can be creative in the context of uh, what your mindset is as you, as you perform the mitzvah, but physically you can be creative with regards to the way you honor it, the way you respect it, the way you prepare for it. Part of kavod Torah is is being tahor, is making certain that we are clean. And we're pure to a certain extent as we study Torah, the Gemara, in the third period of Masech Berachot says that initially there was an Isur to study Torah under most circumstances, so only to say Kiryat Shema, and there were other restrictions with regards to a person who was maybe a Baal Keri, who had a seminal emission. Ultimately speaking, they were Mevatel that Gezerah of the Hachamim, but it remains until today as something to aspire to. At the very least, that a person showers before they're involved in Torah if they are a Baal Keri. It's not a Hova, again, as the Gemara makes clear, but to understand that that's the underlying Shoresh that's the uh, that's the spirit of the law, is to understand what Kabot Torah is really about. Uh, the Halakha is you're not allowed to think about even Torah in places which are dirty. And now when your hands are, are dirty and filthy, Hachamim uh, have a, a long conversation about this in many in many places. What about, as we mentioned at the beginning, not only the Torah, so to speak, itself, but those who study the Torah, those who 
uh, preach it and know it. Mikra katuv, this pasuk in the Torah, parashat kedoshim, sevatakum vehadarta penezaken. You're supposed to stand up and give hidur to sevat zaken and zaken elamishkana chokma. In fact, the hachamim understand that the word zaken is, uh, is a compound of sorts. Zekana, it's a vision of someone who acquired chokma. Uh, you have that in several places in Talmud. Uminah yalfinan, and from that we learn from that pasuk. That says honor, respect the the zakin, the one who's yodei to all sorts of kabod that can and should be done for them. That's what a hasid, an aspiring hasid, should be doing. They say it refers to someone like Yehoshaphat Melch Yehuda. Yehoshaphat Melch Yehuda, the legend about him, as the Chachamim understand it and know it, is that he would jump out of his chair anytime he saw Talmit Chacham. He would hug, he would uh, kiss the Talmit Chacham, and he would say about him, Rabim, Rabim, Mori, Mori, you're my mentor, you're my teacher, you're my master. Imagine the circumstance. It's hard to wrap our head around when we think about kings because we don't really think about kings any longer maybe in fairy tales but a king is the top of the nation he's untouchable he's oftentimes unseeable people don't come in contact with him it's not an individual whom you imagine is jumping off his chair hugging and kissing another it's what michal is very angry at david Hamelech when he's dancing together with the uh, with the uh, regular people. That's not what's involved. David HaMelech is doing it Lichvod HaTorah, and as well Yehoshaphat was doing it Lichvod in the eyes of the Hachamim, Lomedea, those who study Torah, those who know Torah. Berbizera, Kshaya Halush Milimudo, another Midrash in Gemara Eruvin, when Berbizera was Halush Milimudo, when he was a little tired because of his study of Torah, Hayam Yisim Atzmo Al Petach Petach Midrash. He didn't want to just be Yoshev Batel, he didn't want to just sit and not be thinking about anything, performing anything Thing, but he didn't have the energy to do so. What would Rabbi Zeirah do? He would sit at the entrance to the Midrash, put himself in a position that any time the Tamit Hacham walked in or walked by, he'd be standing up for them. All of these matters and some, but again, Kavot of Shabbat, and we had many circumstances. Lastly, in Torah, these are matters which the Torah, the Hachamim, expound upon, make clear. This is part and parcel of what it means to be a Hasid. This is part and parcel of what it means to understand Yerat Haromimut, to live it, to, to embody it. Person who's really striving, who's really searching for this derech, is going to search and find, in turn, the opportunity, the possibilities for the appropriate kabod. Uh, continues and concludes this conversation not only the Torah not only those who study the Torah but the Makom of the Torah the Makom of Tefillah Bet Midrash Bet Keneset it's not enough that you not have a light head when you're in the Midrash when you're in the synagogue 
בכל מנהגה ובכל פעולותה וכל מה שלא היה עושה בהיכל מלך גדול לא יעשה בהם You should by extension be involved with a full-fledged all-out כבוד and מורה honor fear or in the context of a bit כנסת of a bit מדרש anything you wouldn't do in front of a king of flesh and blood you shouldn't be doing in a כניס shouldn't be doing in a מדרש continues Ramchal now that he finished this conversation he says let's get to the conversation about Ahava So we talked about Yir'ah at great length. What about Ahava? We generally, maybe rightfully, translate that as love. What does it mean to love? What does it mean to, we can talk about dedication or adoration. What does it mean to love at its core? How does a person manifest love to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? He says, now, again, this was all part of Hasidut, Yir'ah, Ahava. Now let's talk about what Ahava is and in turn its branches. Hem Shilosha. He initially introduces, although he won't right away talk about them, those three branches of Ahava. Hasimcha, Hadevekut, Vehakina. We'll address each of those, but just translating them. Now, happiness, connectedness, and kinah, zealousness. But now let's start with what Ahava is. Vihine says Ramchal, what is Ahava? Hine inyan Ahava hu sheyihyeh ha'adam choshek u'mitaveh mamash el-kibato yitbarach ve'rodef achar kedushato ka'asher yirdof ish achar davar ha'nechmad mimenu chemda aza. עד שיהיה לו הזכרת שמו יתברך ודבר בתהילותיו והעסק בדברי תורה ואלוקותו יתברך שעשוע ועונג ממש. says Ramchal, you want to know what Ahava is? It's the act of חשק, of תאווה, of lust, of desire, of needing something, of being excited to just talk about it, about being, feeling fulfilled in just thinking about it. That's what he described. We can manifest this to people and to things in life. To HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's oftentimes more difficult. You can't, can't be seen, can't be felt in the physical sense. I, I've mentioned more than once the way I was inspired. I didn't even study in the yeshiva. The, the yeshiva that my father and my brother studied in, Yeshiva Tares Yon, the head of the yeshiva, his name was Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein. It was a very, generally speaking, very uh, systematic, methodical person. Everything was a perfect sentence, five ways of articulating and explaining things, very stoic in his nature, but... When you watched him walk into the Midrash, up until his late years, probably his early 80s, he didn't just walk to his makom where he studied Torah, he ran. It was this iconic rush. Again, a person who, in that type of position, that type of personality, imagine they have calculated strides and steps, he ran. He walked through the doors of the Midrash and ran to his seat. It was a sight to behold. And then when he was going to the Shi'ur, he'd be holding all his books. Again, it was an iconic scene, holding all his books and running with them. That was Heshek, that was Ahava. It was almost like he you know, so much looked to overcome the uh, outward expression of his emotions with regards to conversations with others. When it came to Torah, when it came to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it was there, it was right out in the open. Sha'ashu'ah is the word. We know that word from Tehillim, Lule Torah Techa. You have it by the Torah, though. It's something that's like a plaything of sorts. How do they? Delight. Delight. Atza'atzu'ah uh, is certainly a toy. Sha'ashu'ah, uh, a delight. They generally, I, I think the context is something that you play with, something that you delight in. Tangible delight and pleasure. 
There it is. So uh, there is a one of the Ma'amarim of Rav Hudner. I saw it later. Rabbi Moshe Shapiro makes an identical point. I think he quoted it from Rav Dessler. He says that the idea of something that's a sha'ashua, something that's delightful, is something that has, like a toy, no other purpose. When a child plays with a toy, when a person is engaged in a game away from all the politics, away from when your son plays in the World Series, Maybe not. Maybe they maybe he's excited for the trophy. But in histor- historically, I don't even know if we do this ever any longer. Children playing a game are playing just for the game. They're playing with no other external impetus, purpose, or idea in mind. You're just in the moment. It just expresses itself in the significance of this moment. <coughs> Torah. It's simplicity because it's not calculated. Genuine, because right? it's a genuine, genuine. It's authentic. It's just. I'm enjoying this because, as sometimes the philosophers would use the words, it's telic. It has a certain telos, it has a certain essence in it of itself. I'm, we don't live like that. We work in order to make money, in order to support our family, in order to, and so on and so forth. Uh, we even study Torah so that we could repeat it and know it and things. Torah is supposed to be a <coughs> sha'ashua. It's supposed to be in and of itself fulfilling. A connectedness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this Ahava is a Sha'ashua ve'oneg mamash. That's what we're supposed to strive for. Again, we seek that in life. We rarely have a glimpse of it. We see it in games sometimes. When it's competitive, you want it to win the game. If it's a game which is self-fulfilled, maybe you're playing for yourself and on your own, that's when you'll see it. That's the description of Torah. Ki inyan ha-katuv, ki midei dabberi bo zakhores kerenu od. The Pasuk says in Yirmiyah, as I talk about it, when I talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I, in turn, am able to think even more about it. There's something purposeful in just talking. It inspires me. It delights me. It gets me excited. He says, in turn, any person who has a true love HaKadosh Baruch Hu would never neglect him. Uh, not for anything. I have a self-fulfilling circumstance, an opportunity. We skipped a few words over here. He said, hazaka. He says, it's like a person who has that love, infatuation with their young love, the one that they develop themselves with. They're connected to them. There's something in it of itself. We developed a relationship. It's not a late relationship. It's an early relationship. The love of a child and parent. Also, no? I'm saying, I'm saying we don't say, does not mean to be engaged, let's say. To be, to be nice, says says Charles. I mean, furthermore, I am sure it's a derasha. I wasn't aware of it. Uh, Charles says as well. Maybe I was. I don't. Know. Charles says when we put on our tefillin, we say these pesukim ve'erastich ve'erastich le'le'olam ve'erastich le'bitzedik and so forth. So what's ve'erastich? Erusin. He's suggesting milashon erusin when you get engaged, as opposed to nisuin, because that's the that's the ahavat ne'arim. That's when I'm excited about it. That's when we're just developing it. So Mesilat Yesharim then is describing Ahavatu HaKadosh Baruch Hu at its core, if you could get there, as something that's exciting. But again, Ahava is the infatuation. Ahava is manifested through the excitement, the delight, the interest just for. No other alternative reasons or directions. V'nevadai says, a so person wouldn't neglect. V'nevadai It wouldn't need any reason to get involved in it. Your soul would bring you to it. Unless there's something, or some major obstacle. 
which means to say the direction he's bringing us in and the conversation he's beginning for us, Misilati Sharim, is, is that Ahava and Harambam, again, in likening Ahava to the Ahava of Shir Hashirim, brought us along these lines already, but Ahava means to have the Heshek, to have the Ta'ava, to have the experience of Sha'ashua, to have the experience of Erusin with HaKadosh Baruch Hu at all times. It's, a, it's an aspiration. It's something that we can and should be, have our minds and, and mindsets uh, dedicated to. Um, we'll have to c- continue in Misilat Disharim to appreciate well, what can get us there. How do we appreciate this in its fullest sense through practical actions and, and directions? Baruch Adonai